What's up, everybody? Welcome into A to Z Sports Picks. Brian and I are going to have a great show for you this Friday. Get you all set up for the betting weekend. Brian, my man, looking good, buddy. How we doing? Doing great, man. Uh, ready to go. Let's do it. I'm with you, man. Everybody, welcome in A to Z Sports Picks. I'm Alan Bell, CBS Sportslight, alongside Brian Edwards of VegasInsider.com. A to Z Sports Picks is brought to you every Friday by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. And if you use promo code A to Z Sports, that's A T O Z Sports. Right now, you get a risk-free bet of up to one thousand dollars on pro football. And you know what? Brian's about to tell us what we're going to put that one thousand dollars on pro football here in just a minute. But that is promo code A to Z Sports. That's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. Must be present in the state of Tennessee. For gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. All right, Brian, got a ton to get to, man. We're going to jump right into it. All right. Betting the Colts at the Titans game this weekend. I'm going to throw it over to you first. Unless you want to defer, you could defer the coin toss here. But I'm going to throw it over to you first. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think Tennessee's rolling, man. They've won three in a row, both straight up and against the spread. They've had the open date, two weeks to prepare for the Colts, who they've now won four games in a row uh, against Derrick Henry in these last three wins. His run for four uh, rushing touchdowns combined in the three games, and he's run for 85, 114, and 102. So Titans getting back to their bread and butter. Getting Henry lots of touches, and he's producing, uh, you know, gone over 100 yards twice. And uh, they've played solid D in recent weeks, and the Colts' offense has struggled all year. Uh, Well, I guess they kind of broke out a little bit last week with with the Jags, but the win at Denver was ugly. Obviously, they didn't score any touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, I just think Tennessee minus 2.5 is the play, and I'm not going to mess with the total or any props. I think the Titans minus 2.5, that's what I'm going with. Yep, I 100% agree, man. I'm not messing with anything else in the game. Titans minus two and a half, that's the play. You look at Mike Vrabel coming off in the regular season with the Titans uh, when he's had eight days or more of rest, essentially a regular season bye week. Eight no straight up, eight no against the spread. The really? Man, wow, yep, nice. Dude, handles his business, man. He knows how to handle these off weeks. And Tennessee's coming in healthier, especially on defense. Uh, I'm with you on Derrick Henry. He's ran for 100 yards and four of the last five against the Colts. And look. Yeah, the Colts scored more points last week. It's the Jaguars. I don't care. Like I, I, I know what I've seen the full season. I, I'm not, I'm not banking on that. Now, not saying that the Titans just completely blow them out. Like I'm not saying that either. But I'm rolling with Tennessee here. Like uh, there, it's at home. And I'll tell you another thing that Mike Vrabel does. Right? He doesn't shy away. You know, when we have like narratives, so to say, like in a game. He doesn't shy away from it when it's important. And there's a for real narrative in this one. One, the winner of this game is the sole leader of the AFC South. That's somewhat important, but still early. But the most important thing is that they can finish off the season sweep of Indianapolis at home, right? Like everyone knows what time it is. The players know what time it is. The coaches know what time it is. Every single person knows what time it is. And not saying that this is a must win, but it's – a very, very important win. And I think that they are going to take it very seriously here. Uh, yeah. Titans best two and a half, man. Like, I, I don't think that you don't mess with anything else. I'll mess with the total. Take the Titans. They win by field goal or more. So, if I piggyback off your stat, um, I just want to make sure I got it right. It's not necessarily coming off an open date. Like, if they play a Thursday, the, the following Sunday. Eight okay. days or more. Gotcha. Yep. Eight days or more rest. Now, cool. speaking of perfection there. All right. 
Omaha Steaks. This is perfection. From tailgate parties to busy weeknights, the flavor experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to savor all the flavors of fall. With their mouth-watering assortments of perfectly aged steaks, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Right now, take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their semi-annual sale. The sale only happens twice a year, and it's on now with 50% off delicious customer favorites. And when you use promo code A to Z, that's A-T-O-Z, at checkout, Brian, take an additional $30 off your order, my man. So don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter A to Z at checkout, and stock up on fall flavor today. Omaha Steaks is perfect for those chilly and busy fall nights with entrees ready before the kids can say, Brian, what is for dinner? And don't forget, use promo code A to Z at checkout to score an extra $30 off your order. Omaha Steaks, it isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. Now, speaking of the best, Brian, NFL Week 7. All right. I want the best of what you got in terms of bets this weekend. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, just keep rolling with this giant squad. I know they're getting outstatted quite a bit, but you can just see the chemistry developing. They've got something going here. Uh, they're believing in day ball. Uh, they've just got you can see their locker room celebrations. You see how they play at crunch time in the fourth quarter against the Packers and the Ravens back to back weeks. They've just made all the important plays in the fourth quarter. Um, the offense, you know, was pretty much struggling for three quarters last week against Baltimore. But then in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they start moving the ball. Then they get the, the huge turnover, uh, uh, causing a fumble. Uh, and, you know, I, I just like what they're doing. They're five and one, but straight up and against the spread. They've been an underdog four times. They've won outright in all four uh, underdog spots. And on the flip side, Jacksonville, which, you know, was riding high after, after they got that win out west against the Chargers in an emphatic fashion. Uh, since then, they've lost three in a row, both straight up and against the spread. They they play pretty good at, at Philly. Um but then, uh, you know, they only score six points against the Texans. And then, uh, you know, they lose at Indy last week. And Indy had been doing nothing offensively. They give up 34 to them. So, uh, I got the Giants. That's my favorite pick of the week at plus three. I also, for a smaller amount, took the Giants plus 140 uh, on the money line. I also I don't do a lot of teasers. But when I do, I like it to be a home team, you know, favored between like six and eight get them down to basically a pick them or, or certainly under three. So this four team teaser, and I did this yesterday. So I'm hoping all these um, uh, lines still apply. I just need these four teams to win outright at home. And we get a plus 200 return on a four team, seven point teaser. So I need the Ravens to win outright at home to Cleveland, the Bengals to win outright at home to my Falcons, uh, the Cowgirls to win outright at home against Detroit. And the one that I like or I'm least confident in is the Dolphins but uh, at home to Pittsburgh but they're at night so if we're still alive we hit our first three legs we can uh, take Pittsburgh plus the points and or a little money line um, and ensure a profit regardless of what happens and maybe even win more like if we wish 100 we win 200 on the teaser but then if we come back with Pittsburgh plus seven and Miami wins by six or fewer, we would win that and the teaser. Um, I explained it in an article on Major Wager if anybody uh, wants to check that out. And, Alan, I had Arizona last night, and um, 
I'm still working on a couple and waiting on some injury info, but right now, let's just go with that four-game teaser and the Giants. But uh, any of our listeners can, you know, reach out to me on Twitter or whatever. I, I will have a couple more plays, but that's all I've got right right now. Yeah, I feel you. Like it's it's tough because injury news is so incredibly important, and it, it's taking longer to to kind of you know get an understanding here. Um, so I'm with you on that. But I also have a couple plays, and it's funny. I have two plays in that Giants Jaguars game. I think. Brian, your thought process, 100% correct, all right? This is how I'm going to play it. Jaguars first half, team total, over 10.5. Giants, second half, team total, over 9.5. You look at these two teams, they have played consistent football pretty much all year long. The Jaguars start fast and then just implode. They just implode, right? Like Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, they, they do it every week. But they no, against Philadelphia, Jags did that. Yeah. I mean, they but they score points. Like, they put right. up points. They get leads on teams, right? So taking them first half over 10 and a half. And you look at the Giants, second half team. It seems like they're down 10 points in every game that they've been this year. They come back in the second half, put up points. Not going to last forever, but I think that this week is going to mirror that. So, yeah, Jaguars team total over 10 and a half first half. Giants team total over nine and a half in the second half. Uh, Obviously, the Titans play there. Last one I have, Monday Night Football. The Patriots second half team total over 12 and a half. Um, I think that... The Patriots are going to have success against the Bears, making them one-dimensional. It could take a little bit. Mac Jones in there playing quarterback. Like, there could be a first half, a little bit of an adjustment period. But in the second half, I think that the Patriots are going to lay it on the Bears. So, I'll take the Patriots in the second half to score two touchdowns, essentially. Right? So, yeah, I'll take it on that. Could be a touchdown, two field goals. I mean, that could get us there, too. But I'm going to go with those three. All right. College football. Now, tell you what, I'll go first since you've gone first on the last two. Only a couple plays I have. Really, three plays. Tonight, Tulsa, second half, team total over uh, uh, 16 and a half. These Wednesday, Thursday, Friday college football games have, they mirror the NFL. Like, take last night's Thursday night football game out of it. Like, the timing, they just start so, so damn slow. But in the second half, things pick up. Temple might be the one of the worst teams in the country. I think UMass a little worse than them. But Tulsa should put up points. We're essentially two touchdowns and a field goal. So we're going to take the second half team total over 16 and a half. Next, Mississippi State, Alabama under 61. All right. The last six times that Nick Saban and Alabama have lost in the regular season, that next game, all of them hit the under. His process is very consistent. It's generally fixing something with the defense. They get back to basics. Run the football, control the clock, play field position. Like, yeah, they gave up 52 points to Tennessee. Tennessee could do that to a lot of teams. But they did score 49. Like, the problem with the offense really were the pre-stat penalties, right? So I think you're going to see a back-to-basics fundamental plan from Alabama. Not to mention the last, well, essentially ever since Mike Leach got to Mississippi State, all right? The two games that State and Alabama have played with Leach and Saban, Alabama's outscored them 90 to 9. <laughs> 90 to 9. And that's not coming off of a loss, right? Like, I don't think Mississippi State is going to have any success. So, long story short, I'll take the under 61 in that. Last one Ole Miss, LSU. Ole Miss opens a two point favorite. LSU is now a two and a half point favorite. Not only jumped the fence, we're almost at a field goal. Give me Ole Miss. Plus two and a half. I think that this is not going to say must win, but this is kind of a 
prove yourself game for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And, and Lane Kiffin understands that completely. Like, the man's not dumb. He understands exactly what this one is. Uh, and you look at LSU, like, they're getting better by the week. But LSU is essentially a really good uh, first-string team with no depth. And if this were, like, last year Ole Miss throwing the ball over the field, I kind of would like LSU in it. But this, L- this Ole Miss team, they just run the football and play defense hard. Like, they make you earn it for 60 minutes. And I think in the second half of the game, Ole Miss is probably going to be running the ball down their throat. So I'll take Ole Miss plus two and a half. All right, what do you got? All right. Um, I liked your stat on the uh, Saban coming off a loss, all the unders. I'm not – I'm on the sidelines for Mississippi State and Alabama, but I will add another stat <clears throat> that's uh, even more impressive. Um, the last seven times they're off a loss, they have uh, covered seven in a row every game by an average of 13 points per game. But I'll also throw in there that Mike Leach is 23 and 10 against the spread, including his Washington State teams, last 33 as a road underdog. But I, I'm a, I'm passing on that. I can't lay that many with Alabama, even though they have pimp slap Mississippi State last it's couple so, years. It's, not to interrupt you, it's so many points. Like, I don't want to play right. with that whatsoever. But playing the under, like, Alabama could win 49 to 10, and we still cash. Like, yeah, that makes way more sense to me than playing the spread. So keep going, sir. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I just, they're just not, um, their secondary is a mess. I mean, I know Tennessee will expose a lot of secondaries, but, um, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I don't have a play on that game anyway. So, all right, let's go to, um, uh, let's go to Vandy at Missouri. I've got Missouri minus 14. So, Vandy, you know, they got a couple of, you know, uh, non conference wins. And I think that's what just created line value for us going against them. They're 0 and 3, both straight up and against the spread in the last three games, being outscored by a combined 162 to 31. Um, and Missouri. You know, they've covered three in a row. Granted, those were underdog spots, but they could have easily won all three of those games. They outplayed my Gators. They outyarded them, out first downed them. They just had a pick six and lost by seven. You know, we saw the Georgia game. They led most of the way. They led by double digits a good chunk of the way. And then, obviously, the Auburn disaster. So, if anybody needed an open date, it was Missouri. But they're still playing pretty good. I mean, really good uh, against Georgia and um yeah, so they're playing well. I think you're going to take out a month's worth of frustration on Bandy. Give me Missouri uh, minus the 14. All right, uh, I'm going to go with an SEC total. I know Texas A&M has been an under team all year long, but it's been the opposite for South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina's combined scores have been 49, 74, 55, 76, and 60. The only one that was less than 49 was 38 against Kentucky when Will Levis was injured and Kentucky had to start a quarterback who had never taken a collegiate snap before. And look, I, I thought AM's, I thought Haynes King played pretty well compared to him, you know, turning the ball over constantly like he has been doing his whole career. I thought he played pretty well at Alabama. So, and you know, these offensive uh, uh, coordinators have had two weeks to scheme up, uh, you know, a plan. Uh, as both teams are coming off an open date. So it's a low total, uh, perfect weather in the forecast. So I'm going to go over 44 and a half for A&M and South Carolina. All right, I'm on the other side uh, of Allen uh, on the Ole Miss LSU. And I got LSU money line minus 120 early in the week. Um, at last look, it was, what, two, two and a half? Um, have you seen it in the last hour or so? What, the spread? Yeah. Two and a half. 
Oh, okay, two and a half. I, I guess, I, I, like I said, I got it on the money line. Um, I guess I still like it up to three. I would certainly would not go any further than three. I don't think it's going to cross three. I don't even think it's going to get to three. But anyway, here's my thought process on it. Um, you know, it takes a while for transfer quarterbacks to um, – get chemistry with their wide receivers, but it looked like Jaden Daniels uh, had a breakthrough last week or just my Gator defense really sucks and probably a little bit of both, but uh, he torched Florida 349 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran for 44 yards and three touchdowns and um, uh, Ole Miss played great defense in September. But the defense appears to have taken a step back here the last couple weeks. They give up 28 to Vandy. They give up 34 to Auburn when Auburn had scored 17 or fewer in four straight games. Tank Bigsby had not done much all year. He erupts for a huge game uh, last week. I mean, Ole Miss gave up 301 uh, rushing yards uh, to Auburn uh, last week. But but this has probably got a little more to do with the play is that LSU has won six in a row over Ole Miss in Baton Rouge. And regardless of the venue, LSU has won five of the last six. Ole Miss ended a five-game losing streak to LSU in Oxford with a 31-17 to win last year. But that gives LSU the revenge angle. I'm going to go uh, with LSU. And then last one, and I got to throw out a little caveat on this one because um, – you know, Gundy is not uh, discussing Spencer Sanders' health this week. He did not leave the game last week, but it's reported that he had a shoulder injury and didn't practice all of last week going into the TCU game. He got a pain-killing injection before the game. He played great in the first half. Had a couple of touchdown passes, a touchdown run. They jump on TCU 24-7, to but as the, the shot wore off. That thing started wearing off, didn't it? <laughs> He didn't play as well in the second half. So uh, Gundy would not discuss anything about his health on Monday. So I don't think we're really going to know anything until the beat reporters are saying he's out there warming up 30 minutes. So I wouldn't risk a lot. But I think what that happens, the beat writers say, oh, he's warming up, looks good, all that. I think his line's going to go down to four. And if he gets ruled out unexpectedly, I think it'll jump above seven. So I'm just going to take a chance. I bought the half point from six and a half to seven. Uh, here are a couple of reasons why I like Oklahoma State. They've won 12 in a row at home. They're 15 and one in their last 16 at home. The only loss was in overtime to Texas 2020. And this is the first time I've been a home underdog since 2019. And they're three and one against the spread in those last four home dog uh, spots in their bounce back mode, lose a heartbreaker and double overtime, but they're undefeated otherwise. And um, this is going to be a really good game, but I, I'm, I just think uh, it's going to be a nail biter. I will gladly take the home dog getting the points. So um, there we go. Those are yeah, my four. I, I completely agree with you on that. Like now it's dependent on him being healthy, like which we'll, you know, we'll have to wait and find out, but the thought process, hundred percent agree. And, Two other things to add on to what you're saying, because I completely agree with it. This is Quinn Ewer's first road, like, true start, right? So, that's one. Yep. Two, like, and this this isn't tangible, but this is a game that Mike Gundy wins. Like, yeah. th- like he's been doing it since he's 40. That's a joke on that. But, like, this is these are games that he wins. Like, he, does. he really does, man. So, I- I'm with you. Like, well, obviously, I have to wait and see, but. Yeah, I like it. He, he, he wins games like this when he has less talent. I mean, he's a legit talent. top 15 team this year, right? but he wins these games when he's unranked. So all the more reason that he could win. And I had forgotten that, yeah, Ewers was out for the Texas Tech game, the only road game they played. So that's like it even more. <laughs> there you go. All right. Final segment here. 
Any best bets or anything you have of the rest, and I'll give you mine first. I only have one. Uh, it's in Major League Baseball tonight. Give me the Phillies, the team total over three. All right. Got a great pitching matchup between them and the Padres. Uh, it's It could be pretty low scoring, but Philadelphia at home, like they just have magic, man. Like they've just got magic. And uh, yeah, you can give it to me even number three. It's, it's juiced about minus 145, but yeah, give me the Phillies team total over three. What do you got? My man, Tony Basilio, is so happy. The Eagles, the Vols are undefeated, and the Phillies are in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> He's in sports heaven. All right, uh, I'm going to do one pick at the UFC 280. It's in Abu Dhabi tomorrow, so it's an early start. I think the prelims start at, I want to say, 9 Eastern, but the main card fights, and look, the last four fights are going to be absolute fire. Um, if you like watching the UFC but don't always buy it, this is one to get. Um, I'm going to go with Sugar Sean O'Malley as a plus 225 underdog. This is his biggest uh, or step up in competition. He's fighting Peter Yan, the former champ. So it's a big challenge for him, but I think he's up to it. They've kind of slow built him over the last four or five years. And uh, he, you know, hasn't faced a lot of time. This is the first top five guy he's faced. But um, I think the way to beat O'Malley, who, if for casual fans, he's the uh, tall, skinny, 135-pounder that's always got his hair, like, purple and green or some nonsense. But he's fun, though. I don't know about the hair thing, but he's fun. And he is long and skinny, and he's a huge in terms of height for a 135-er. And he's got the, the reach. He's got the distance. He's got the height, a huge height advantage. But the way I think you beat him is you make – because he's great on his feet, standing, uh, punching, kicking, et cetera. You, you beat him in an ugly fight, wrestling, grappling, tiring him out. But that's not Jan's thing. Jan is a stand-up guy as well. He just lost to Aljamain Sterling in that more of a grappling-type fight. He didn't want to do that. So I think they're going to go toe-to-toe and just kickbox, basically. And I think uh, O'Malley's got a great shot at close to 225, and I think he'll get a title shot with a win uh, against the winner of Dillashaw and Sterling. I kind of like Dillashaw plus 150, but I just hate him as a human being, and I don't want to root for him. So I'm not going to bet on him. I do think he's the play, though. Uh, But there we go. O'Malley, Sugar Sean. There we go, man. I love it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be live next week with our picks for Week 8 in the NFL and Week 9 in college football and more. But until then, everybody, best of luck. Let's cash these tickets. We'll see you next week. Good luck, everybody.